Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable, that's the key, simple and repeatable 10-step process for sales success. Thank you, Paul. Paul is our announcer for Asher Sales Sense, and I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategies studio in Washington, D.C. Our host today is Kyla O'Connell, Senior Partner and Sales Facilitator at Asher Strategies. Kyla's guest is Kim Bialazinski, Asher Director of Client Growth Strategies, and the title of the show is This Stuff Really Work. We Practice What We Teach. Kyla, over to you. Thank you, Dave, and welcome, Kim Bialazinski. So happy that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kyla. Yeah. When we're thinking about guests that we want to invite onto Asher Sales Sense radio show and podcast, I like to think of people who um, others can learn from. I'm invited you today because we're always contrasting in our trainings the elite versus the average salesperson. And we make a quite a big point that uh, the elite have both born and made factors. So in addition to the born factors that are intuitive and perhaps get a certain amount of success on our own, the made factors, especially specifically the, the selling skills, is where we really see a difference in effectiveness. And you have had success in several sales careers across different industries and have clearly positioned uh, yourself as an elite salesperson. So I thought you'd be a perfect guest for our listeners to learn from, learn from your journey and also how it's been refined, you know, how, yes, you were very successful in the beginning of your sales careers and in different jobs, but how has you refined your process to where it is today? So what I'd like to do is just kind of start with the beginning. So first tell me how you got into sales and was it something you knew you wanted to do right after college? Okay, thanks for that great introduction. I wasn't sure I knew right away that sales was going to be my career. I was a business management and marketing major when I was at Loyola University in Maryland. I did take a sales course, loved it. It was really eye-opening, but I didn't go into sales right away. I worked in a marketing department, supporting sales teams, watching them have all the fun, kind of did that for a bit. But my first sales job after college was as an event coordinator. I worked for a large catering and event planning company in the uh, Baltimore area. And when you started your first sales job, what elements of selling came natural to you right away? Do you felt like were intuitive? Well, working in the event industry, I always saw things from the perspective of the customer, working with both businesses and families, uh, brides, uh, big corporations. It was a big mixture of of people. And I always looked at things from what would benefit them most. That kind of came to me naturally. Uh, What was going to be important to the client, figuring that out really helped sell to each client based on their perspective. I remember really early on in my career, creating those customer stories. We talk about that in training, kind of creating the stories to help them imagine what their event was going to be like. And that always allowed the customer, once they could see it and see things from their perspective, that made them want to contract with me and contract with the company. And, you know, we worked together for creating these successful events. That really always had had come naturally to me. Yeah, that's a key factor in really building rapport and 
helping the customer see their event through your eyes and you telling them that story. So I can imagine that being very effective for you. But did some portions of the sales process challenge you? And if so, how? How so? <laughs> I'd like to say that, oh, everything came naturally. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> one of the challenges, I have a really high intensity drive. Longer sales cycles are tough for me. That high intensity drive has served me well. I know a lot of people that we deal with and a lot of salespeople have that, that great strength but patience is not one of them. So when I moved on from that particular job and moved into selling large companies that were buying IT components and services, I really needed to learn more of the process of sales. That's really when I started to learn and pay more attention to say pipelines and sales cycles. And I also became consciously aware that a longer sales cycles aren't necessarily a bad thing bigger deals can come from those longer sales cycles, right? Sure. Um, But part of dealing with those longer sales cycles for me was learning about the closing in the sales process. Closing was a challenge for me from the aspect that at the time, early on in my career, I really thought closing was just getting the PO, getting that signed contract, getting the business. I didn't realize that closing is, is not a just about getting the deal, but confirming those next steps in the longer sales cycle. I know that part of the sales process wasn't really refined for me until I came to Asher. Right. And it's so true when you have high intensity drive, you know, that internal fire in the belly, that translates beautifully to sales and and sales positions and, and what really is necessary to hit quotas and get things moving quickly. However, when you're dealing with most B2B selling environments are not transactional. They are long and laborious and getting those little agreements to the next step certainly fill that fire, right? They fill that want, that urgency, urgency to win something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I work together talking about that whether it's confirming the next meeting or confirming date for anything, you know, just confirming those next steps are really uh, important wins along the way. Yes. So you were selling IT equipment and services in the heyday start of the industry, um, the late 90s. What was that like? (laughs) Well, pricing was an issue at that time. Things were changing weekly and daily at times. I mean, we were selling PCs and networking equipment. And this was long before, you know, you went to Best Buy or ordered online, kind of showing my age because people even sometimes faxed in their orders to us. But, um, you know, pricing um, was, was, was a big matter. You had to learn to kind of sell on value. But part of my awareness of during that time period became that you needed to build a pipeline, that there were sales that would come quick, right? Some companies needed components because maybe they got a new hire or they needed a new, a new computer bundle for something. Those, for example, were your quicker sales, right? More, more transactional, yeah. like you were saying. But then there were the bigger solutions that company wanted to put together, put in one company, put in a network or Uh, One company that I worked for was automating their entire sales force with laptops. They, you know, wanted a solution that would allow the sales reps to work remotely and send in orders from the road. I mean, that today sounds how basic, right? But that really 
was cutting edge back then. As you can imagine, that sales cycle was much longer, uh, many decision makers, many details, that project, choose the right equipment, plan out their deployment of the hundreds of systems to just dozens and dozens of branches really took a long time. You can see I learned you know, to manage the pipeline for varying sales cycles. So that was also a test of, you know, what I now know to call my high intensity drive. Right. So it sounds like some of the sales process was kind of intuitive to you, but what are some things that have changed since you've been, since you were professionally trained? Anything, any aha moments that were new to you or maybe things you were doing different and then you changed? I believe I always realized you, you need to prospect you need to qualify and follow up to get to the close. So I would say those things all came intuitively to me, success in various roles over 20 years before I came to Asher. However, learning the proven process, the repeatable process that's a part of Asher's methodology was really eye-opening to me. I fully realizing that there's a difference between, you know, that sales success or maybe getting lucky on deals to which that elite salesperson that is constantly keeping their sales toolbox, if you will, sharpened and trained. I think that's really the difference of, you know, being professionally trained and, and working in that area. Right. And you've mentioned, obviously, now that you're part of our team at Asher, we're very selective with our salespeople and you've been selling here successfully for the last five years. How do you approach selling differently today than you did when you started your career? Um, so interesting question. Uh, one thing working at Asher, you really have to, uh, you really have to practice what we teach, if you will, because we're teaching those elite sales skills and clients really expect you're going to work with them at best practice level. Right. I would say, yeah, I mean, we hear that all the time, right? I would say two main areas that I approach selling differently today would be closing and probably emotional intelligence. Closing, realizing that each phone call, like we were saying, each meeting, perhaps even each email needs to have a next step, part of that bigger closing process. Outlining objectives and working towards what we want as a wishful outcome from a call. That's very different from when I first started my career and, and part of the practice what we teach here at Asher. Kyla, it's I time to take a quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. We've been speaking with Kim Bialazinski, Asher Director of Client Growth Strategies, about how Asher practices what it teaches. Now back to Kyla and Kim. Thanks, Dave. Going back to that original question, uh, uh, Kim, practicing what we teach, you had mentioned that closing the next step was definitely a, you know, kind of a new concept, something that you infused since you've come here and learned our process. There, were there any others that came to mind that were a little different than things you were doing before our program? Yeah, emotional intelligence really was 
something different for me. You know, researching a prospect in a company, I think, you know, kind of always did that in my past. But now I'm much more in tune with emotional intelligence than I've ever been. I'm trained to recognize factors that get, might give insight to a person's personality, to try to work with them at maybe, say, their level of intensity or someone who has a, a high need to analyze, working with them to give them the level of details that is required you know, for them to, to feel comfortable. So that's a much different and I feel like very learned skill for me. Now that I've been you know, living and breathing Asher's APQ assessment, that's really changed that part of my selling approach. Yeah, that's so effective and such a great use of EQ during the sales process. Can you give a specific example of an Azure skill or technique you use regularly with high levels of effectiveness? One technique that we talk about during training that's made a big difference for me has really become highly effective during those early stages in the sales process is asking questions and listening, asking a client why they're considering to make a change or what is you know, making them change a current process. By asking those questions really have, have gotten the client talking, uh, which you know, we really learned that's what we want to accomplish. So that skill and technique has been really effective. You, know, you listen to their response, listening more about what each client specifically needs by asking these questions just allows me to design you know, custom solutions on everybody's unique challenges, you know, whether that's they're trying to improve how they're hiring and, or coaching and developing their teams, you know, by using the assessment or, you know, just learning about their sales training issues, just asking those very effective questions has been effective. I encourage everyone to try it, phrase that question of why make this change or what is bringing you to this change and just see how powerful it can be to start a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. What changes are you considering? You know, it really opens up their mind to the the opportunity or the thought process of making a change, which we know is our biggest competitor is the customer not making any change at all. So it's a very powerful question. Agreed. If you were able to tell yourself one thing about a career in sales, what would it be? Your younger self. If you were able to go back and tell your, your younger self one thing, what would it be? I think I would uh, readjust my first impression of what of what a sales job is, you know, um, maybe not going into that traditional marketing role and, and instead considering a professional sales job. I think I'd tell my younger self having a career in sales can be exciting and rewarding and gosh, after these many, many years, I still get that adrenaline rush <laughs> that comes from closing a deal or helping a client and, and realizing that the sales process really works. That's still exciting. And, and that adrenaline, I think I would, um, if I could give myself a glimpse into the future and just realize all the great rewards that come from a career in sales, it's, it's exciting to see your hard work pay off in, in just so many different ways. Absolutely. So I always love that question because so many of us, I just going, 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 and it takes a minute to think back on what what could we have done, told ourselves. And as a trainer, I like to tell people who come in their 20s some of those things that I learned that I didn't know when they were, I was their age to kind of help them along and speed up the process a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it is interesting because you don't, you know, there are so many misconceptions about it, the professional sales role. I often talk about the that persistent and realizing that your efforts 
are directly related to, to the to end results a lot of times. And, and that's, that's exciting stuff to have that uh, be in control. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking that same word. It gives you a sense of control. And I think a lot of people who go into sales are fearful at first because they feel like, well, maybe their income is out of their control or compensation or way how they get their bonuses. And there are certainly things that affect the outcome of, uh, of sales and, and our results that we can't control, like recession or weather events or if the, the company is taking a different sure. direction. But those are sometimes outliers. If we can stay true to the process, a lot of times we have more control in a sales job than we probably do in a lot of other careers. Great. I agree. That's again, going back to what we're talking about, this process and that sales process, I think that's really becoming trained and refined. You really do realize the process holds true and it really works. Kyla, it's time for the wrap up. Great. Any last thoughts, Kim? I think this was really helpful for people to learn more about your path and, and how you've refined already a successful sales career to the elite level. Any last thoughts you want to share with us? I really like working about a sales training company is uh, working with the clients to grow their business and um, helping them learn how to become that elite salesperson. It's a fun experience to watch even the person with a lot of, you know, tons of years of sales experience and success, you can always learn something to develop your skills even further. I've really enjoyed working with our clients across different industries and always striving to uh, practice what we teach. That certainly holds me accountable to the process as well. Yes, like retrains you, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Great. Well, how could uh, uh, people reach you if they had more questions? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, Great. You know, Kim Bializinski, or certainly just call the main Asher line. Try to be as uh, readily as accessible as possible. So that's another easy way to, to reach out is call that main Asher line and you know, reach, me, reach me that way. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kim. It's been a great conversation. And I just want to say back to you, Dave. Thank you, Kyla and Kim. That's all the time we have for today. Our next show is in two weeks. Be sure to join us. From now until then, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something. Paul, take it away. You've been listening to another episode of Asher Sales Sense right here on Asher Strategies Radio. 